right, everybody, let's go ahead and make our way into the sanctuary here to our seats. We're going to get things started tonight. Praise God. No, it's a cold and windy night out there in the desert tonight, but it's nice that it's going to be on fire in here, isn't it? Come on, somebody. So we're going to have a good, good time together tonight. You picked a great night to be in the house of the Lord. Let's go ahead and stand up together. And we're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're just going to believe that America is coming to Jesus no matter what they say. We believe it. Amen. So let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. All right. Well, who had a good time with us on Mother's Day weekend? Anybody here for that? That was absolutely awesome. Uh, the mother-daughter banquet on Saturday was super cool. And then, of course, Mother's Day service. That was the most moms, I think, that we've ever had. It was so, it was so cool. So anyway, uh, we're really glad to be able to bless everybody that day. We, of course, got a lot of more good things coming up. Uh, first of all, we want to tell you that this coming Sunday is going to be our high school graduate honor service. And uh, we've got 11 seniors graduating this year out of the church. So that's the most we ever had. So we've got 11 seniors graduating and we're going to pray over them, speak some words of faith over them. And uh, they're getting a, a Bible from the church. We just want to bless them really good. And of course, you know, some going to college, some staying to work. They're all got different things, but we're going to make sure they follow the plan of God on their life. So that'll be this Sunday. So be here to help us celebrate and rejoice with them. And then the next Sunday, we've got Ray and Janine Bench coming from Midland, Michigan. And I'm really excited. A lot of you guys, most of you guys have uh, have met Ray and his wife is coming for the very first time. Uh, she doesn't ever travel with them, but we're like, you've got to bring her to Barstow, man. She would just love Barstow. So she's coming and uh, she's going to be uh, speaking to the Young Wives and Moms group on Saturday. Okay, so that'll be Saturday the 21st at 11 a.m. That'll be at our house, Pastor Katie and I's house. And so all the Young Wives and Moms, come on out. Uh, Janine is awesome. She's been in children's ministry, but uh, she's run her own Christian daycare for many years, and she's raised two incredible kids. Her son is Dr. Barclay's pilot, and her daughter is uh, a nurse there in Michigan. And so successful kids, great parents, and I believe it'll be a real blessing to all the young wives and moms, all right? And then uh, right after that, Monday the 23rd is our Lyft family picnic at the park, amen? And it's going to be totally awesome. Uh, it's going to be at 6.30. Uh, that night. So come on out, bring your food, bring some games for the kids. We're just going to hang out and have a really, really good time together. And uh, I also, this isn't on the screen there, but 
I heard tell that we're going to be doing a cake auction in June for the youth group, and you guys know how awesome the cake auctions are. So anyway, just throwing that little seed out there. But the youth group will be taking their summer trip sometime in the summer. I don't even know what month. But anyway, they're going on a trip, and uh, they're going to raise money for the trip that day. So make sure you're uh, here uh, whenever we give you that information. All right. Who knows what time it is now? That didn't sound too happy, Robert. What's going on with these people? I said, what time is it, people? Happy time. Oh, all right. We're going to work on it. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Anyway, uh, praise God. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, and the ushers will get you one. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. And I want to go to a verse tonight in Leviticus. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 27. I'll be in the New King James. Leviticus 27. And we're going to look at verse 30, and and uh, we're talking about the tithe right here. Now, uh, the Old Testament clearly points out that the tithe is 10% of your income. Now, a lot of times we'll look in uh, some of these Old Testament verses, and they're talking about 10% of your fruit, 10% of your crops, 10% of your cattle. Well, back in that day, yeah, the, the, the system, the economic system, was a lot of those things. In our day and age, of course, we operate more in a currency uh, economic system. But look at this, Leviticus 27, verse 30, New King James, it says, And all the tithe of the land... Whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, you know, or the check in your account from your employer, right? It is the Lord's. It is what? It is holy to the Lord. And I know that we've discussed this before, but sometimes we think, okay, yeah, that's holy. That's cool. Holy, yeah. Well, what what is that? What does holy mean? Holy is something that is set apart. It means it is separate from everything else. That's why we say God is holy because he is in a whole league of his own, right? And so the tithe that we have been blessed with, right, the income we have, out of that income, 10% of it is holy. That means it is set apart. One of these things is not like the others, right? And so we take that and we set it aside and say, you know what, God, this is yours. It's holy. It's set apart. It's not like the rest of it. This over here, I'm given to you. And when I give this over here to you, you bless all the rest of this. Amen. And he pours out a blessing upon us, according to Malachi 3, that we don't even have room enough to receive it all. And so I encourage us tonight that as we bring our tithe, uh, it's not just money that we throw out there. No, it's something bigger. It is something holy according to the word of God. It's set apart and we bless the Lord with it. Amen. All right, let's stand up and we are going to speak some faith over our finances, over our tithes and our offerings. And uh, and just always do this in faith, man. Don't ever just think that it's something we do. We do everything by faith. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, Bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Yo. 
free to join us at the altar as we worship the Lord tonight. Of his mighty, it's so much stronger. The King of glory, the King above all kings. He shakes a whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder. The King of glory, the King above all kings. Amazing grace. This is a miracle. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. And I would be set free. Love 
revelation in our hearts, Lord. Speak to us tonight and change us, Lord, to be more like you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we get an amen tonight? Let's give the Lord some praise. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God together this evening. And, um, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit on Sunday. I mentioned uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And it's, uh, of course, uh, the most famous sermon ever preached. And and uh, Jesus himself was the deliverer. He was the preacher that day. And we get a lot out of that sermon. And one of the aspects is called the Beatitudes. And, you know, Jesus goes into a whole list of blessed are, you know, those who hunger and thirst out of righteousness. Blessed are. And he goes into all these things. And uh, as I was praying, I just, Lord, the Lord gave me this message to share tonight. And uh, the title of the message is going to be straight out of Scripture, but it's called Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. And what we're going to be talking about tonight is being a peacemaker, not a little troublemaker. Who thinks that sounds good? All right. Yeah. Okay. Praise God. I was more excited. I, I, I anticipated a better reaction, but it's okay. That's okay. Uh, we're going to be talking tonight about blessed are the peacemakers. And yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. I don't know who that was, but God bless you. You're awesome. Amen. All right. Thank you. And, uh, and so obviously we don't have to look very far or wide in this world to see that there are a lot of troubled people and there are a lot of people that would not classify as being a peacemaker. Uh, they're troublemakers. They're drama starters. They're fighters. They're, 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 they've got all sorts of issues and that's, that's a serious thing, right? And so, uh, I wanted to study what Jesus said tonight because if Jesus said, Hey, Blessed are the people that do this. I'm like, okay, well, how do I do that? Because I want to fall under that category called blessed, right? Because the opposite of blessed, an antonym of blessed would be cursed. And I certainly don't want any curse in my life. I don't want anything less than what God has for me. And so if he said, blessed are the peacemakers, I want to know all about that. So uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Matthew 5 and verse 9. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 5 verse 9. And this is, of course, the Beatitudes where, where Jesus lists several awesome things. And I've been thinking about just studying all these out with you one of these days and going through the whole list. Uh, for tonight, though, we're going to look at this, this one. And the reason that I love this one is because I have kids. And I have kids that sometimes, you know, go at each other and sometimes argue and, and sometimes, and so all the time, you know, I'll, they'll maybe be arguing or something. I'm like, hey, knock it off. Well, here's the famous phrase, he started it. And I'm like, okay, well, Jesus Christ said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. How about that? And so even if somebody else starts it, it doesn't matter. My job is to be a peacemaker. And I just quoted the verse. So here it is. Matthew 5, verse 9, New King James says, blessed are the peacemakers. Why? For they shall be called sons of God. And there's a whole lot in that verse that I want. I want to be blessed. And I want to be called a son of God. And so if there's one uh, character trait of somebody that is a child of God, one of those character traits would be that they are a peacemaker, right? And so I don't ever see somebody that goes around stirring up trouble and drama and fights and think, oh, that must be one of the daughters of God because they're so mean. 
No. <laughs> or, oh, so, okay, they're a son of God. That's why they're cruel and mean to everybody. That, that makes sense. No. When I see somebody that goes around planting seeds of peace, helping people out, and being a peacemaker, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no doubt. They're a Christian. They are a child of God, and they're blessed because that's what the sons of God do. They are peacemakers. And so uh, what does blessed mean? What does blessed mean? And what does peacemaker mean? Well, the, the word that Jesus specifically used in uh, in this, uh, this chapter and this verse right here is a Greek word, makarios, and it means fortunate, well-off, and happy. Think about that. You know, what, what are some of the things that you would like in your life? Well, I would say that you would like to be fortunate. You would like to be well off. And surely you'd like to be happy, right? And of course, we got the joy of the Lord. But but that's what this word means. And so another way of saying this verse would be fortunate, well off, and happy are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the sons and the daughters of God. And, and I mean, I want those things in my life. And what's a peacemaker? Well, that's someone who works for and maintains peace. Someone that works for and maintains the peace. Now, I want to break this down a little bit tonight because I believe there could be misconceptions about being a peacemaker. Uh, we know that sometimes uh, there is a time for uh, confrontation, right? There's a time for meeting situations head on. We, we get that. And, and there's absolutely a time and a place to fight for some things. But at the same time, I know a lot of people that they're just, hey, they're just looking for a fight. <laughs> and, and they're willing and able and ready to fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. And it has nothing to do with, well, this is a righteous cause. No, it has to do with, you know, they didn't put cheese on your burger, so you're ready for a fist fight. That is screwed up. And so there's a lot of situations like that. So let's get into uh, our, our message tonight. We've got a few points for you. But I'm telling you right now, people, blessed are the peace makers, not the peace takers, right? There's makers and there's takers. Some people are trying to take your peace from you. But the sons and daughters of God, they're blessed because they are making peace. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our message. Number one tonight, we're going to say is this. Number one, as a peacemaker, you don't go looking for a fight. Now, being a peacemaker, that does not mean you're being a pushover or a coward. Uh, Jesus was neither of those things, right? Jesus could be tough as nails. He just knew, uh, he knew what to fight, and he didn't go around fighting people. He fought the devil and he won. And, and so being a peacemaker doesn't mean like, oh, he's just a, he's a man. He's a coward. He, he, he just lets people walk all over him. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is a peacemaker, they are not going around just looking for a fight every day because I will tell you right now, and you know it's true that we all know some people that they wake up looking for a fight with somebody. It's probably going to be their family first. Then it's going to be on the way to work. They're going to be mad at the drivers around them. Then they're going to get there and they're going to be mad at their coworkers, at their boss, at everybody they come into contact with. That is a toxic person to be around. And I guarantee you that they are not blessed. They are not well off. They are not happy, certainly. And, and it's just, it's, it's not, they, I would not look at them and say, oh, they must be a son of God. No. 
that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. You know, sometimes we know that you're not looking for a fight, but hey, there's sometimes that a fight's been looking for you. And I, I get that. And so, uh, you know, I know that when you simply stand up for the truth in our day and age, you're going to stir up the mob. And, and they're, you know, you're going to make people mad simply by being a Christian. And, uh, and, 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 you know, you see Jesus, man, he made people mad, right? People chased him with rocks. One time in John, it says he escaped through the crowd, but they were coming at him with stones and he escaped. He made religious people angry. He made all sorts of people angry because he didn't fit into what their box was of what he was supposed to be. And so Jesus ticked people off simply by his presence because the devil does not like Jesus. And so there are some people simply by you being in the room and the presence of Jesus that's within you is going to make the devil on the inside of them really, really mad. And sometimes you're like, man, I don't know why this guy's always so mad. Well, the Jesus in you could be rubbing the devil in him the wrong way, man. And what do you do? You take authority in the name of Jesus. And, hey, if you need to, you got to cast that thing out. And, hey, we're, you know, we do that too. But I'm telling you right now that sometimes you're not looking for a fight, but the fight tries to find you. And I've heard so many stories just from our church family here, kids in school. Someone's like, hey, what's your opinion on this topic? Uh, I don't want to give it. No, what's your opinion? Well, my opinion is the Bible says this. You hater, you bigot, you, you blah, 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 blah. And they just blow up on him like, hey, what's up with that? You asked my opinion. And so, uh, I mean, there, there's just so many things we see in our day and age. But, uh, but sometimes you are persecuted for your faith. Now, there's a difference between being persecuted for your faith and being persecuted for being a doofus. Did I say, is that okay to say? I had to look up the spelling on Google because I, you know, I didn't even know how to spell the word. But some people are like, man, Pastor Dave, I'm just being persecuted hard this week. They're coming at me. Well, what's going on? Well, I showed up to work late every day and the boss is persecuting me now. That's not persecution. That's, you earned that. Uh, man, I, I tell you what, man, it's just coming at me. My wife's ticked off and, and well, why? Well, cause, you know, blah, 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 blah. Bro, that's not persecution. That's just being a doofus. And so some people, they get this all mixed up. So I'm talking about being a peacemaker right now. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Can we go there? 1 Peter chapter 4. I bet some people are like, ah, I probably could have stayed home tonight and just been just as fine as here on this. But no, no, no. No, you're going to get blessed. First Peter chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 14 through 16. And I like people that are full of the peace of God. Have you ever been around someone and you're like, oh man, they're just, they're so, they're peaceful, they're chill, they're okay. And uh, that's the type of people that I want to surround myself with. I like peacemakers. So First Peter... We're going to look here at chapter 4 and verses 14 through 16. And uh, so here we go. Verse 14 says, So be happy when you are insulted for being a Christian, for then the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. For the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. So Peter, this is a guy that knew all about being persecuted for being a Christian. And so he said, be happy when you're insulted. Why? For being a Christian. He could have just said, hey, be happy when you're insulted. 
And some people are like, well, I get insulted a lot, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about when it's specifically for being a Christian. Why? Because then this glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, here we go, it must not be for murder, stealing, what? Making trouble or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. And so if you're suffering, if you are being persecuted, and it's just simply because, hey, you're a good, holy person, you stand up for the truth, that's one thing. Be happy about it, it says. But if you're persecuted because you're a troublemaker, you pry into other people's affairs, stick your nose into everybody else's business, then, no, that's not the same thing. That's a whole different category. And uh, and that certainly means that you are not a peacemaker. Now, this is from Peter, right? Peter wrote this, first, second Peter. And this is not a guy that was a coward, a sissy, or a pushover, or didn't have any opinions. He was a strong, opinionated, rough dude. Now, I do notice that in his epistles, he seems to have toned down a little bit from uh, cutting people's ears off, as we saw in the garden. But at the same time, Peter has never been accused of being a coward. Now, as we read this, though, he has come to this place where he knows, like, you know what, man? Uh, It's okay to be insulted for being a Christian, but I don't got to go out there just stirring up the hornet's nest, trying to poke people and get a reaction and then saying, hey, everyone's ganging up on me. Now, I want to show you a few things here. In the book of Proverbs, we're going to look at several Proverbs tonight because the Proverbs, they just get straight to the point. I love the Proverbs, but I want to show you something here in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 3. So what am I saying? I'm saying don't go looking for a fight. Now, you may think, well, yeah, but that's not how I was taught. Well, how you were taught was wrong then, and and that's okay. I I mean, I'm a humble man. I don't mind telling you, but at the same time... (laughs) If you were taught and raised like, man, you just go looking this this whole life's a fight. You just go out there looking for a fight. Don't you ever let nobody tell you blah, 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 blah. Like, man, shut up. You sound like a fool right now. Uh, And some people, it's shameful to avoid a fight. Well, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 3, and here it is. Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. Now, again, maybe you were raised that avoiding a fight is a mark of shame. Avoiding a fight is something that sissies and cowards do. And that man, that's how you were taught. Then, hey, you know, let me know how that's working out for you. But the Bible says, the Word of God says otherwise. It says avoiding a fight is absolutely a mark of honor. Now, does this mean that you go around and get bullied and never defend yourself? No, it doesn't mean that. There is a time and a place to stand up and, you know, do that. But fighting and quarreling is not option A. And again, I mean, I've said it. I know so many people like, yeah, man, first thing my dad taught me was how to fight. He blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all I see is, a, is a, when you're saying, I see a, a donkey talking to me. And I'm like, listen, the first thing my dad, you know, the first thing my dad taught me was Bible verses. And, and I can tell you this right now, out of 36 years of life, I've gone and spent time in Russia, New York, all the whole bunch of the states. I've been in good places, bad places, and all this. And my dad teaching me the word of God has come in handy many more times than my dad teaching me how to fight. 
I'll be here all week. I'll be here. I'll be back. Uh, come back Sunday. It's going to be. But I'm telling you, a lot of people are like, man, it's so important. Like, okay, sure, you know, whatever. But I've, I've, I've gone 36 years, and honestly, I've never needed any of that. But what I have needed every single day for 36 years, every single day, I've needed to know the Word of God. Because there hasn't been one day that the devil has not tried to do something to my life. But the good news is my dad taught me how to fight. He taught me how to fight my battles and fight them by the good fight of faith. And I am so glad I didn't waste time on other junk, but I learned the word of God because that has come in handy every day that I've been alive. And especially now that I've got a wife and kids and a church full of people, I am so glad that I learned how to fight my battles through the good fight of faith. All right. Proverbs 1911 that last verse went over really big, so let's try this one. 1911, Proverbs 1911. Yeah. Who's loving the Bible tonight? I'm loving it. Proverbs 19 and verse 11. It says, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. What? I thought you were never supposed to overlook an insult. You never let an insult go unanswered. Well, if you're a dummy, but according to the Bible, it says that sensible people know how to control their temper and they earn respect by overlooking wrongs. And I, I read this verse earlier today and, and, and it, it, it dawned on me. I had a revelation. Most troublemakers and drama starters I know always complain about not getting any respect. I'm all the ones I, maybe you know other ones, but all the people that I know that are constantly fighting and like, man, no one respects me. I'm going to give my respect, man. No one respects me. And I'm like, well, according to the Bible, you will never earn respect if you cannot control your temper or overlook wrongs. I didn't say it. The Bible said it, but I'm just, I just dawned on me, man. All the drama people and troublemakers I know are always complaining about a lack of respect. And at the same time, they're never going to get that respect because you don't get it if you can't control your temper or overlook things, all right? So number one, we're talking about being a peacemaker. Number one, you don't go looking for a fight. Now, sometimes a fight may present itself, and, and we do things God's way. But at the same time, I'm not out there poking the hornet's nest and trying to get people mad every day. I'm not an antagonizer. Number two, we're going to say, don't start drama. Don't start drama. Don't start it. Why? Well, because what's the opposite of blessed? We said this. The opposite of blessed would be cursed. And if blessed are the peacemakers, cursed are the drama makers. Now, sadly, we all know people who thrive on drama. And with social media, it's obviously made the the problem a lot worse. You know, I think back when I was a kid, there's so many things that I didn't know about people's lives uh, that I know now. And, you know, they, they, they tell you about it. And, 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 and there's nothing where there's nothing more immature in this world than airing your dirty laundry on the internet. You know, husbands, wives, friends, family, neighbors, cousins, enemies, you know, you don't go on the internet and air your dirty laundry. Now I can tell you this, if I was in a hiring capacity, which I suppose that I am, but if I was going to hire somebody, I, I would, I would go and, and I would look at their social media. And if I saw that it is somebody that takes their business and airs it out in front of the world, I would not hire that person. I don't care if they had a, a PhD from Harvard. I like I don't care if you are not mature enough to know how to handle your business. 
the right way, obviously you're not a peacemaker. And I don't want somebody around me that's not a peacemaker because they won't be blessed. I don't want somebody like that around me and working for me. And so, anyway, blessed are the peacemakers. And I heard this quote. I thought it was pretty good. Some people create their own storms, then get mad when it rains. That's pretty good. That that could be a proverb. But anyway, some people create their own storms, then they get mad when it rains. Proverbs 16.28. Let's go over there. Proverbs 16.28. We are talking about being a peacemaker. Amen? Blessed are the peacemakers. Who wants to be blessed tonight? Who wants to be a peacemaker tonight? All right, all right. I'm at the right place. Here we go. Proverbs 16, 28. It says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. And so we're planting seeds every day, but there are some people that they plant seeds of strife. And I, I think, I mean, I think that a great way to say that would be someone that, that goes around stirring up drama, right? Yeah, at your work, at your home, at your family, whatever. Somebody just plants little seeds. Did you hear what she said? Boop, what'd she do? She planted a seed. Did you say the, see the way that he looked at you? Mm, you, do, you will not let that go unanswered. That planting a seed. They're planting seeds of trouble. And we all, we all plant seeds every day. Hopefully they're good seeds, but some people are just, planting seeds of, of, of trouble and strife everywhere they go. And I'm just telling you, for your own benefit, you will not have the blessing of God upon your life if that's what you do. You will not be a blessed person. Well, what's blessed? Well, it's fortunate, well-off, happy. And, and, and you are not going to have these things in your life if you are constantly planting seeds of strife. And then, of course, gossip separates the best of friends. And we don't ever talk about gossip, but it's a real thing, and it exists, and it is a deadly root that can destroy your life. I don't like gossip. I hate gossip. And, you know, I, I, I do my best to keep it out of my life and out of our church. And sometimes, though, I remember that when I, when I first got married to Pastor Katie, I had, uh, I worked at Hardee's. What did I do? I was working, I was flipping cheeseburgers. And so, that's what I did, right? I made, I, and because I was really good, they gave me a raise to $6 an hour. And I was like, oh, I'm a high roller now, honey. Come on, you want to go out tonight? And so, yeah, anyway, uh, got my $6 an hour. And, uh, and anyway, but at the job, I noticed every day that I would come in, the whole drive there, man, I'm rocking out to worship music. I'm praying in the spirit. I'm just like ready to go. Then I get there. And there's these girls that work there, and they would always come up and like, did you see what the night shift did last night? Mm-hmm. And, and then, oh, did you hear about her? Did you see what he said? Did you blah, blah, blah? And after a while, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm ticked off. Wow. Those, oh, I can't believe these people. I came in full of the anointing and the presence of God. I was ready to fight the devil and charge hell with a water pistol, man. I was ready to go. And then just a few minutes of gossip. And drama stirring, I mean, every Bible verse just flew out the window, and here I was, angry at people, and I didn't even really know why. But I was like, yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, she's awful. Yeah, I can't stand him. And like, that is not me. That is not who I am. But when I allowed myself to partake of and listen to their gossip and their strife and their drama, 
it brought me down. And so I caught on to this after a while. I, you know, I, well, I'm not a very smart man, but I do know what gossip is, okay? And so one day the girls come up and they're like, Hey, did you see what she did last night? And I'm like, you know what? I just, I don't want to hear it. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure that it, w- it could have been, but I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, I just, I don't want to listen to gossip anymore. <laughs> so now you're better than us. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I just don't want to hear it anymore. Well, it's not, it's not gossip if, it, if it's true. And I'm like, it's still gossip and I don't want to hear it. And as soon as I fortified myself from the gossip and the drama, Man, I had the joy of the Lord again. I had the peace of God. But if you're going to be a peacemaker, it takes a little work to make something, doesn't it? You know, you don't ever make something great and like, yeah, we built this whole building. You wouldn't believe it. We didn't have to do a single bit of work. It just appeared. But we made it. It's incredible. Wow. No, when you make something, it takes a little work. If you're going to be a peacemaker... It's going to take a little effort in your life. You're going to have to tell some people, I'm sorry, I don't want to hear it anymore. You're going to have to overlook some wrongs that have been done to you. You're going to have to intentionally go into situations with a smile on your face and just bring the joy with you. It takes some work, but it's well worth it because blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. Amen. All right. So, uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. 2620 Proverbs 2620. Yeah. Here's a fun one. Now I, I, I will tell you this, that, uh, drama and, and gossip, uh, they're best friends. They, you, where you find one, you find the other. They're always hanging out together. They go everywhere together, but if you can separate them. All right. So look at this Proverbs 26 verse 20 fire goes out without wood and check it out. Quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Wow. I mean, that's not that, uh, that's not that deep of a thing, but really, you take the wood out of a fire and there's nothing left to burn. You've taken the fuel out. Then it just, it just goes, it goes out on its own. It just quenches itself. The same way with quarreling and fighting and strife. When you just pull, pull the gossip out, pull, separate them, it just burns itself out and, and you don't gotta worry about it anymore. That's, the word of God for you tonight. And so I'm telling you, make a quality decision to stay away from drama. You can have drama or you can have joy and peace, but you can't have both. It's one or the other. And I choose peace. I choose the joy of the Lord. Amen. I don't have any time for that other stuff. Amen. All right, number three. Oh boy, I hesitate, but I gotta say it because it's how it came out. Number three, don't be a snowflake. Don't be a little snowflake. Don't have a little meltdown every time somebody rubs you wrong. Don't be a, well, what's a snowflake? A snowflake, that's someone who gets offended and melts down all the time. And, uh, and so, uh, I'm just saying, I, I've preached on this so much over the last few years, but being offended is a bigger problem than what you probably realize. It is absolutely one of the most dangerous things a Christian can do. It will choke your faith out. And then you're praying and you're praying and man, nothing's happening. I don't know what, God, what's going on? And God, why don't you answer me? Blah, 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 blah. Well, your faith doesn't work because, uh, Romans 5, 5 says that faith, uh, uh, faith works by love. Faith works by love. 
And so if you don't have the love of God going on in your life, then your faith is not going to work. One year, 2006, Josh and I went to the Indy 500, all right? From Indianapolis, had never gone to the race. I went to college in Oklahoma with some friends from Holland. And they're really big into racing. I mean, to them, it was like the Super Bowl. And so Josh, uh, anyway, through uh, his own means, scored four tickets to the Indy 500. And so four free tickets right on the last turn. I'm not into racing, but... I was into racing. That was absolutely incredible. See cars going 230 miles an hour. Just, it was awesome. But on the very last lap of the race, this has gone down as one of the closest finishes, maybe the closest finish. But right, there was a guy uh, leading the race and uh, two people neck and neck. I know the winner was Sam Hornish Jr., but this other guy beside him, they were, they were neck and neck, and, and we, you know, we had a radio, we were listening on there and stuff, and, and they're like, okay, he's not gonna, he, he's gotta stop and get gas, he's almost out, if he stops though, he may not make it, and so the guy decided to not get fuel. And so right on the last lap, the cars are going so fast, if you're looking straight ahead, you can't even see it. You have to be looking that way for to see it when it comes past. And so it's coming down to the final lap. My Dutch friends are like, yes, this is the best thing ever. And so everyone's all excited, and boom, they go by. And, and the man that had been leading most of the time at the last second ran out of gas. And what's the issue? He was talented. He had a great car and all this. But cars worketh by fuel. And faith worketh by love. You can have a beautiful, wonderful, awesome car. And you can be stepping down on the accelerator. You can have the biggest engine, the best everything. But if there's no gas in the tank, and, you know, we got Teslas now. But anyway, forget that. You know, if there's no gas in the tank... It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how expensive your car was. I can beat you with my 1980 Chevette, right? I mean, I could even beat you with my Prius at that point. Come on, check it out. It doesn't matter because you've got to have fuel in the tank to get somewhere. And so many Christians, they're praying, stepping down, nothing's happening. Well, I know why nothing's happening because you're a jerk to everybody. You're mean. You start drama. You get easily offended and melt down anytime anybody says anything you don't like. No wonder your faith doesn't work. No, I understand. Maybe you came tonight to be inspired. I came to help you tonight. Amen. And so uh, let's look here. Uh, you know, um, turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. But... We've studied the end times a lot lately, and there's a lot of signs of the end times, a lot of prophecies that Jesus spoke of. The absolute strangest one to me out of all of them is something that Jesus said in Matthew 24.10. We're not turning there. We're going to Psalm 19, but Matthew 24.10, Jesus said that in the end, many people will be offended and will end up betraying one another. But that always got me like, that's a sign of the end. I never got it until like the last few years. And everywhere I turn, there's offended people. And I'm like, wow, Jesus, <laughs> man, you called that good. Uh, you, I mean, he nailed that one. There are so many offended people in this world over anything and everything. And Jesus said, hey, it's a sign of the end. And, and even Christians. Um, now, I got a quote here. I, I uh, from John Wesley, a famous preacher uh, in the 1700s. John and Charles Wesley started helped start the first Great Awakening. But anyway, I got this quote from him, and I'm like, man, this guy nailed it. He said, people who wish to be offended will always find something to be offended about. Wow. <laughs> that, that, is, that is so right. People that just 
enjoy being offended or want to be offended, even if you didn't do anything wrong, they'll, they'll find something to be offended about. Now, I don't ever want to offend anybody. I mean, probably everybody here that knows me realizes, like, I don't like hurting people. I don't like offending people. I do the best that I can. Short, I would never, you know, compromise God's word. But, uh, I mean, I, I really try to not hurt people. If I find out that I have hurt somebody that does not normally get offended about things, then, I mean, I will do anything and everything I can to get a hold of them and make it right. If I find out that I offended somebody that always gets offended about everything, I move on with my day and say, hey, what are we having for lunch today? Because (laughs) what else is new, right? I don't really, you know, that may sound mean to some people, but I'm like, what am I going to, okay, I go apologize about this, then tomorrow they'll just be offended about something else. Um, I I don't have time for that. I, I simply do not have time for that. I've got, we've got too much going on in life. To have to stop and, and, and deal with fragile feelings all the time. And so, uh, certainly, we're talking about being a peacemaker. A lot of that focuses on not being mean to people. But there also comes to play in this of you not being super sensitive and getting offended all the time. You're not a peacemaker if you get offended all the time. You're fragile. You create a very fragile environment. People got to tiptoe around you and, and they've got anxiety and stress about, oh, am I going to say something that's going to make her mad today? I don't even know. Oh. That does not make peace. Psalm 119, 165 in the King James, please. Psalm 119, 165. It says, great peace. There it is. Great peace. Have they which love thy law. That's the word of God. And I like the King James because it says it this way. And nothing shall offend them. Your other translations say nothing shall make them stumble. But I really love this. Nothing shall offend them. And so when you love God's word, it it gives you great peace. There's never a time that I read the word and I come away less peaceful. I always come away more peaceful. So you get great peace when you love God's word. But on top of that, it keeps you away from being offended. Now, I, again, I mean, I, I, I like having great peace because we're talking about being peacemakers. And I'll just be transparent on my own life. I've noticed that when I'm strong in the word and I've been really, you know, pumping myself up in the word, people can do very offensive things to me and I really don't even care. And you may not believe me, but I'm telling the truth. You know, if I've just been really tanked up and filled up on God's word, people can do pretty rude and offensive things, and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. They're probably having a bad day. When I have not been spending enough time in the Word, people can do minor things and really offend me. Things much, much, much less than if I have been full of the Word of God. And, you know, I bet you could examine your life and say the same thing. But when I am loving God's law, God's Word, Psalm 119, 165, great peace I have, and nothing shall offend me. And so we're talking about blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. And you want this in your life. And so what are some ways that we can be a peacemaker? Well, you don't go out looking for fights. Absolutely. You don't go starting drama with people and you're not going to be a little snowflake and, and, and get offended about anything and everything. And I've got a fourth thing here tonight and that's this. And I get, I'm just going to 
ended with this, but you don't compromise the word of God through any of this. Now, I seek peace. I come in peace. I am here to be a peacemaker. That's what my life is all about. And I will do everything I can to be a peacemaker. But one thing I won't do is compromise God's word for for peace. I'll, I'll lay down my rights. You know, sometimes, hey, I've got a right to give my opinion. That's fine, but I, you know, I'm, I'm cool. I can go without giving my opinion. I, I really don't care. I can sacrifice my own comfort. I can do all sorts of things to be a peacemaker, but I won't give up God's word or deny my faith. And so I, that's what I'm just throwing out there for tonight is this, because, you know, it's so important that we are peacemakers. We're blessed. We, you know, we've got the joy of the Lord. We've got happiness. We get all these great things when we're a peacemaker. But as we seek to be peacemakers, that doesn't mean that we compromise our beliefs because that's what has, what has gotten the United States and American Christianity into a whole lot of trouble these days. And I'm not going to start a whole new thing on all this, but it's so true that as we are peacemakers, we've got to speak the truth of God's word. When you compromise your beliefs to keep from offending people that enjoy being offended anyway, what happens? They'll still be offended. It's a lose-lose situation. And so we've seen Christians and churches everywhere and, and you know, uh, well, I, I don't want to say what the Bible says. I, I, I don't want to talk about the Pastors won't talk about certain topics. Pastors won't talk about, you know, our, well, our church just won't talk about that because, you know, too many people don't like it. When we do all of that, you end up losing anyway because anything you compromise to keep, you end up losing. When you lower your standards, ladies, to get some guy... When you compromise your beliefs to get him, you're going to lose him anyway because he's a loser, right? Same way, vice versa, you know. But don't lower your standards. Don't compromise your beliefs and your Christianity just to make people happy. That's not what we're talking about tonight. What we're talking about is how we can be full of peace, how we can make peace for those and with those around us, how we can stand firm on God's word and not be offended, not looking for fights, not starting drama and all that stuff. But if you want to be identified as a son of God, let's be peacemakers. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. Did you receive anything out of that? All right. It's a little bit of a wild ride. Get a little wild and bumpy there for a few minutes, but praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed are the peacemakers, man. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here. As we close out, I'll have Josh lead us in some worship. If you need prayer for anything, we'd like to have you uh, uh, come up for prayer tonight. Amen. I'm going to uh, offer that for just a few minutes here. But if you need prayer, uh, come on up as Josh leads us and closes us out in a little bit of worship. Amen.
Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Holy, 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 Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And I just want to be where you are. And I just want to be near your heart. And there is nothing like your love. And Jesus, there is nothing like your love. I just want to be where you are, and I just want to be near your heart, and there is nothing like your love, Jesus, there is nothing like your love. Holy, 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 Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I love you. Holy, 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 Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I love you. I just want to be where you are, and I just want to be near your heart, and there is nothing like your love, and Jesus, there is nothing like your love. And I just want to be where you are. And I just want to be near your heart. And there is nothing like your love. And Jesus, there is nothing like your love. Amen. Hallelujah. I pray that we've received the word of God tonight. Is anybody blessed tonight from hearing the word? Amen. All right. Well, remember this. Blessed are the peacemakers. And, you know, I know Sundays we're talking about fighting the good fight of faith. And, uh, and so it just came to me that, hey, we're talking right there about fighting the devil, okay? Not fighting Cletus. Hey, he doesn't need that. 
<laughs> so we're talking about fighting the fight of faith when we say that. But the peacemakers, I mean, we're not making peace with the devil. We're making peace with people. And God will bless you for it. And you shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out tonight. Uh, and uh, of course, we got service this weekend. Come on out. It's going to be awesome. We're honoring those high school graduates and lots of other good stuff uh, coming up the rest of the month and into the summer. Amen. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. And then we will do our Barstow Faith Confession. Let's raise our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray over every single person here, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that, that we heard the word of God tonight. Lord, I pray that your word would instruct us, it would correct us, it would encourage us, Lord. And I pray that we would take this in our hearts. And, and, and Lord, not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Because the blessing isn't in the hearing, the blessing comes from the doing. And we want to obey you, Father. We thank you for it all. And I thank you that the rest of this week, Lord, you're using us to be the light of the world everywhere we go. Thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. Can we say amen tonight? All right, let's do our Barstow Faith Confession. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We will see you on Sunday.